A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi there. My name is Jenny Rooney, Chief Experience Officer and host of Adweek's Marketing Vanguard podcast. We're so excited to bring you insightful content from key marketing leaders and thinkers. Together, we'll dive into discussions with CMOs and other C-suite executives who are tasked daily with making decisions that in incremental or monumental ways move the needle for their brands, their companies, and the customers they serve. In each episode, we'll focus on one key idea or decision, why they made it, what it caused, whether it worked, and how it has defined the person as a business leader. We also address missteps, poor choices, and gambles, as mistakes, of course, often yield the greatest knowledge. Also, we'll ask each guest to share the names of the people they rely on daily, as well as a recommendation for who we should interview next. I so look forward to sharing these conversations with all of you. Together, we'll tell a new narrative about the power of marketing leadership in driving business growth. Looking forward to having you join us soon. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Marketing Vanguard podcast live from Brand Week. We're excited to be here. Uh, We're doing this podcast on site. I'm Jenny Rooney with Adweek, and I'm thrilled to be joined here with Fur Machado. He's the CMO of Notco. So, Fur, thanks for joining me. Thanks for the invitation. It's always a pleasure. (laughs) Always a pleasure to see you. Um, But we're here in your your hometown, so that's that's especially fun. Um, So listen, we're going to get into it. I think this is going to be kind of a a unique, modified version of the Marketing Vanguard podcast um, because we are here at Brand Week. Um, You know, honestly, we're so excited to be here, and I think it's what's really cool is for us to be able to take these conversations um, that we do on a regular basis on the Marketing Vanguard podcast, but do them against the backdrop of Brand Week, right? Which is where we celebrate all things brand strategy and the people who are making the decisions behind that. Um, before we get into it, would love for you to introduce yourselves for folks who happen to not know you, although I find that super hard to believe. Talk a little bit about you, your background, and sort of just quickly what led you to this place you're in right now. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure uh, to be part. Um, it's a special week. Mm-hmm. Like one, I, I don't have to travel as much because <laughs> I live in Miami. So I'm Fernando Machado. People call me Fur. Um, I have been, I, I am currently the CMO for Notco. Notco is a food tech uh, startup, is a unicorn born in uh, Latin America. So it's like originally from Chile. Um, we are, we have a $1.5 billion valuation. And what we do is basically we have an AI. Uh, and we use our AI. We partner with AI. We'll probably talk about AI at some point. Yeah. Um, to create plant-based alternative products, uh, food products. Uh, we believe um, we can change the food industry one delicious mouthful at a time. Um, and we have products like not burger, not milk. So it's called not. Yeah. Uh, which is one of the things that grabbed my attention uh, on the company. Yeah. So I've been there for around six months now. 
Uh, before that, I was with Activision Blizzard. I was the CMO there, gaming. I love gaming. Always wanted to do something digitally native, so had the opportunity to do that for two years. Before that, I was with um, Burger King, which is actually Restaurant Brands International because yeah. it was Burger King, Popeyes, and Tim Hortons. And before that, I was a lifetime with Unilever, which is where I started my career. I was there for 18 years, uh, starting in Brazil. I'm Brazilian. That's why I have this funny accent. <laughs> and um, I lived everywhere with Unilever, like Mexico, Brazil, New York, London. Uh, it was a great uh, marketing school. Still having like great friends there. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, having so much experience in the food realm is has has been foundational to your career. But you did do that venture into gaming, and it's interesting because gaming arguably is 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 such a tactic, right, or or a strategy that that brand marketers use. Talk a little bit about that. You know, kind of as you think about your own personal narrative, you know, your own trajectory, how you've been able to sort of wed, you know, from a story almost a storytelling yeah. angle of yourself, you know, the experience, the rich experience you've had in food, but also also in that gaming space. Yeah, like I I always I was always the guy who put the name on the hat to do the jobs where I not necessarily like the easiest or the sexiest, uh, but the one that I, I would learn the most, mm. you know. So um when I say sometimes I say like, yeah, I spent eighteen years at Unilever, people are like, Oh my God, that's so long. It never felt that long. Mm -hmm. You know, I worked in household cleaning products are working laundry detergents okay so you're all like over. i work yeah, like yeah. most of the time in deliver working personal care uh my last four years i was working on dove before that i spent four years on vaseline which was personal care and it never felt that long because it was always like changing mm. um and then after 18 years i was doing like what to me was my dream job at deliver which was global vp for dove and um and it was not each for the first time it was not itching to do the next job so I felt maybe it's time for me to look outside. Hmm. And then to leave Unilever at that stage, it would need to be for something completely different to mm. be worth it. I knew some of the guys from 3G. I knew some of the guys like uh, leading the work for Burger King here in the US. I was in London. So I called one of them. We started to have a conversation and, and I moved here. And it was completely different. Different culture, franchisees. You have a space, which is the restaurant. I did a lot of digital transformation. I was there through the pandemic, which was not easy. Yeah. And then coming out of that, I always wanted to do something that was digitally native. That was on my checklist because I did digital transformation, but it's not the same. Yeah. Right? I mean, um, and I love gaming. Always did. I have every single video game you can think of mm -hmm. to the total desperation of my wife. And uh, the opportunity came to work on Activision Blizzard, which has amazing games, Call of Duty, uh, Overwatch, Diablo, World of Warcraft, Candy Crush. Yes, Candy Crush is from Activision. Uh, it's from King, which is part of Activision Blizzard. And I moved there, and I did learn a lot. Like yeah. uh, Most of the investment was digital. I had a very large uh, performance marketing team, and I was not necessarily like looking for something when Notco knocked on the door. I knew then from before. I mean, I got to know Notco while I was still at Burger King. Mm -hmm. um, today, Notco has like nine different countries where they are like one of the brands present um, in Burger King across the Latin America, basically. And uh, I always felt that Matias, who is the, one of the co-founders and the CEO, was very ambitious creatively and was doing already like some cool things. Even the, the way they position the company, like they're not company or yeah. have brand, brands that are not burger, not mayo. So I thought, I always like had this thing where I always said 
that I worked with a startup mindset. Yeah. But what the hell did I know since I never worked in a startup before? Right, right. So I felt it was like um, one of those that I, I would have to try yeah. and see. Uh, and that's how I, I moved um, from Activision to, to Notco. But so it was always like this journey of how can I learn? What can I yeah. learn? And how can I uh, make progress in terms of the experiences I had? Yeah. Um, from the beginning, you know. So let's talk about, I mean, but obviously you went from very known brands, you know, those are all very known brands. Notco is more of a renegade, sort of an up and coming, you know, yep. trying to, and I think what's interesting and in, in explain this to me and our audience, but, you know, Notco does, I think, two things. One, it produces its own branded products. Is that correct? Yep. But then you also do things with with partners, with collaborators. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that, um, yeah. you know, the two avenues yeah. um, that you pursue. Yeah. So so first on the point about, like, awareness and budget and size and footprint, right? I mean, yeah. In terms of the differences. That was also one of the reflections I have. Like, I, when I think about the, the projects I was most proud of in my career, mm -hmm. they were not the most expensive. Yeah. You know? So I felt... Well, if I could make a difference for Unilever and Dove when we did real beauty sketches, or if I could make a difference for Burger King when we did, there is an endless list of things that we did, hmm. including Mac Whopper, Whopper the Tour, Moji Whopper, or like the, if we can make a difference for Popeye's chicken <laughs> sandwich with what yeah. to eat, you know, like maybe on a startup, yes, I will have less budget. On, on the other hand, I think that the culture of that specific startup is one that clearly People are more like eager to win than afraid of losing, mm. which was sometimes something that you feel when you are like in a, in a very large corporation. And there is zero bureaucracy because a handful of people sitting around the desk uh, to make a decision. Uh, maybe I can make a bigger impact. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, so that was kind of like what I was thinking. It is already happening, not just because of me, but because of the foundation that, uh, uh, that was there. Mm. And, uh, and it's exciting, you know, like uh, it's exciting to, uh, to feel that there is no limitation. Like, uh, even though, yes, it's true, my budget is a fraction than my budget, budget at Division Blizzard or uh, at RBI with Burger King or from Dove, but we're already doing things that are grabbing people's attention. Yes, you know? yeah, um, yeah. So it's not, and to me, it's about proving, <laughs> on top of all that I said, proving the point that creativity can be a source of competitive advantage yeah you know yeah. like that if you're only reliant on the budget and the size and the footprint there will be always someone who's going to be bigger than than you are yeah yeah, yeah. so we're fighting with those tools yeah know? and then again and i want to get into that in a minute you know that whole concept of like well where does the creativity where does the brand strategy come yeah. into play but just on that point about how you show up, right? You're showing up in your own products, but you're also showing up in collaborations. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't touch talk that. a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I would say that there are like three pillars uh, or like um, it's kind of this um, flying wheel, mm -hmm. you know, like we do have our products, uh, which are branded Notco and have like not in as part of the product name. Yeah. We have a whole range of product categories, like uh, maybe not in the US yet, but if you go to Latin America, ice cream, uh, protein shakes, um, meal. And these are on store shelves? You yeah. do retails and, and you do yeah. and direct? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mostly retail. Yeah. Like, um, we don't do, like, in some countries they do direct through e commerce, yeah. mm -hmm. but retail is the largest chunk uh, of the business. Got it. And all the products start with not. Mm -hmm. So it's not milk, not burger, not chicken, not nuggets, not protein shake, like all that. 
and we have partnerships with QSR, yep. especially, or, or coffee shops. Like uh, here in the US, we have a partnership with Shake Shack. Uh, we have their custard and their, um, and their shake, the plant-based version. If you go to buy, you'll see it's co-branded, not co. Yeah. It's never white label. It's always co-branded. Yeah. Uh, we have Burger King as a partner in Latin America, Domino's, uh, Dunkin', uh, um, Jose Valdez, which is a large brand. Mm-hmm. I think it, there are some here, even in Miami. So there are lots of like QSR restaurant brands. And we have some partnerships and or like joint ventures with other companies. And we collaborate with them to create their plant based, the, pl- the plant based version of. So you're an products. ingredient brand in those, in that context. Um, more or less. I would say it's more than just that. Because, like, I'm just saying that because in Unilever, I had suppliers that yeah. were ingredient brands. Like, uh, the way, for instance, we approached the partnership with Kraft Heinz, mm-hmm. for instance, a joint venture, mm. right? So I see that the board of the joint venture is a separate company altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and the marketing team, the two marketing teams, and there is a JV marketing team, they collaborate and work very close together. Like, uh, if we were just an ingredient, that wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Like we chose the advertising agency together. Mm-hmm. We do the brief together. We approve the creative together. Yeah. I, and I am the most senior, the oldest, let's say, <laughs> uh, 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 on the marketing team. So I have a lot of responsibility on that team. And I have a, a big say on the stuff that we are doing there. Mm-hmm. And the products, when they come, Notco is not on the back of pack. It's not on the ingredient list. Yeah. Like are we on the front of pack. Yeah. So it's co-branded. It's more like an Intel inside Mm -hmm. rather than, yeah. Yep. No, totally understand. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So let's talk a little bit now about, you know, as I referenced before, um, you know, the the prevailing power of brand strategy. And I was speaking with somebody earlier today um, who very much leans more in the performance marketing realm. And so and said, you know, comes here to Brand Week because obviously you can get just a true immersion in, you know, like I said, that prevailing power of brand and the decision making and the people behind those decisions. Yep. Um, that is really guiding the, the industry forward. Talk a little bit about it from your perspective, you know, specifically power brand, especially as you've seen it, you've witnessed it and frankly driven its impact as part of overall marketing strategy um, over the course of your career. You mean like the power of brands? The brand strategy, the necessity now, especially when we're living in an age of so much data, you know, uh, measurement, 
AI, mm-hmm. you know, where can brand strategy still have a place and a role to play that is pivotal as we move forward? Yeah, it's that to me, like I grew up in a school that had brands at the center, which was the Unilever school, you know, like yeah. I, I haven't told, I haven't said that here, but like I said, I spent 18 years in Unilever, right? Yeah. But the first two, I was on the shop floor of a factory. Mm. I was studying mechanical engineering mm. uh, and uh, I was an intern working the packaging line uh, of the factory. And I had absolutely no idea what marketing was until that was in the countryside of Sao Paulo in Brazil, until the marketing team from Sao Paulo came to do a presentation about the innovation that the factory would be producing in the next couple of months. Mm. And that was my first contact with marketing ever. And in 30 minutes into that presentation, I knew that in Unilever, marketing and brands were at the center. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I believed on all this. They are building the strategy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they are creating the positioning of the brand. They are creating, like, the design identity of the brand. They are choosing which creative partners to work with and all those things. And I felt that I would have more fun and I could do better that job than just staying on the technical side. Because I always felt that my brain operated on those two different frequencies, one that was more creative and one that was more yeah. uh, data-driven. Uh, when um, when Notco was founded, like um, it, it came from an insight and observation that the restaurant, sorry, that the food industry was inefficient, mm. right? And the belief that we would be able to do something better much in a much more efficient way by using AI to partner with AI to create plant-based products. Mm. Like, I don't think you necessarily can measure that before you do it, Mm -hmm. you know? And of course, like, I'm a mechanical engineer. I would love to be able to measure absolutely everything (laughs) uh, and be able to know that if I put a coin here, I will get that, how many, whatever number of coins are on the other side. But that's not how it works. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I do believe that marketing, you need to have both sides of, the quantitative and kind of like the emotional, the data and the inspiration. Mm. You know, I really believe on that duality. Mm. Uh, performance marketing is super important. Yeah. Uh, but I think you need to have a vision to go with it. Yeah. You know, else everyone is going to converge the same. Yep. Um, you ma- mentioned, and I just want to touch on that point, the AI, it's a- you're using AI to create plant-based. Yeah. Can you explain what that means? Yes. So, um, so far, and I put an asterisk in so far so I can go back there yeah. at some point. Yeah. But so far, what we've done is we take um, an animal-derived product. Yeah. We measure that product, the chromatography study, the physical properties. It's almost wow. like you take a snapshot of the DNA. It's yeah. not really DNA, but yeah, yeah. of what the product is. You feed that to Giuseppe. Giuseppe is our AI. And there is a reason why it's called Giuseppe. I can explain that too. <laughs> um, and, uh, and Giuseppe analyzes that and proposes five formulations or recipes uh, using plant-based ingredients to match the taste, texture, everything of wow. that product. Then our very talented chef and R&D teams get that, prepare the product, test, and tell Giuseppe number three is the best or number two, whatever. Wow. Yeah, And then Giuseppe speeds another five. Okay, so you're using, you're bringing the human element into it it's even as you're, yeah. It's, and I, I really emphasize that every time I explain because I don't believe AI in isolation of humans. I see AI as an incredible tool that yeah. can 
augment our ability mm. and can allow us humans to do much more than otherwise than mm. you would be able to do it by ourselves yeah so it's always the two coming together mm. uh, in our case and the best applications of AI that i've seen they are kind of like that too yeah um and is giuseppe because mid 1500s there was this um italian painter called giuseppe archimboldo mm. who used to do these portraits with plants and fruits you've probably seen one at some mm. point yeah, yeah um so it's like art with um plants yeah uh, so that's why uh, the ai was named uh, giuseppe and i said so far because reality is that uh, the ai that we have can do much more than just matching mm-hmm. to the animal target uh we can and i've seen those exercises we can brief the ai to do hey this is chocolate uh, humans like chocolate propose a taste that doesn't exist hmm. that humans will like because they like chocolate wow. or to push the boundaries in terms of nutrition or cost or a specific physical property mm. and create a, a texture or a taste that doesn't exist. So we can do lots of those things, which to me is kind of like the next wave of plant-based uh, products that, that we are going to bring to the, to the market. Mm-hmm. It's not just about replacing the animal. It's really like creating something different and unique and hopefully better than what we have today. Amazing. Um you know, for your, even in that work that you're doing, you know, and the things you've done in, in your career, um, you know, you have a unique opportunity, given your platform and your accomplishments, you have a, and your visibility, you have a unique opportunity, but also responsibility in everything you do that goes beyond the bounds of, of your company, right? And arguably that's, with Marketing Vanguard, that's what we're acknowledging are people who, through their decisions and the individual choices they've made throughout their careers and for the, for the sake of their brands and businesses, they're moving the trajectory of this, of this practice. What is one, how do you regard that responsibility, number one? But also, what's an example of a, one key decision? I'm sure there have been many, but what's one key decision or choice that you've made, either here at NotCo or elsewhere? That you look back on and you say, that was an inflection point. You know, through that decision, I learned something or the people around me learned something or that changed the trajectory of my brand or my business yeah. for the better. I, look, I I think that we all try to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least the, the people I know. Um, I, I And when I do it, it's not like because I'm trying to have this impact and this, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and um, maybe I was lucky enough to work on brands that were ambitious in terms of what they were trying to accomplish in terms of uh, the business or the message. And I was part of that. Yeah. You know, like sometimes leading, sometimes just being part of it. Right. Um, whether it was when we doubled down on the real beauty positioning for Dove, mm. there was some question marks back in the day. This mm. is, 2012, so it's like yeah. more than 10 years ago. Yeah. And we brought, when I say we, it was Steve Myers was my boss. Lots of incredibly talented people brought to life real beauty sketches and kind of like it was a new wave uh, of great creative for Dove. Uh, and the impact that that campaign had on people, mm. you know, it was the first campaign I worked with 
that no matter where I went, people were talking about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, not just on the advertising um, uh, circles. The Uber driver was talking about it. You know <laughs> yeah. What I mean? yeah. Uh, you would enter it, the car it, and be like, it have bleed, you seen that It bled into culture. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, or when I joined Burger King, I was always very passionate about uh, improving the quality of the food. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and, and, and I was, and the data that I had from consumers was pointed to the direction that, uh, that people want to eat real food. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about, it was not necessarily about, look, for sure, uh, we should have, um, a plan to reduce fat, sugar, sodium, and all those things. And we build that. But people go to a fast food. They, they want to have an indulgent burger. Sure. But they want it to be real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so we create a whole plan to, remove ingredients from artificial sources and to improve the the nutritional profile of the food. It sounds easy <laughs> like to do that, um, but it wasn't. It mm. took us more than five years to do it, and it was a nightmare uh, to find the right ingredients to make it work operationally. Um, and I'm very proud of the fact that I was leading that work and that there were lots of people that came together to make that work happen. Mm-hmm. On Activision, the same thing. Like the number of things that we did that, in my view, had a positive impact uh, on people, whether it was uh, the work uh, that we were doing to find um, great quality uh, jobs for veterans in the U.S. as part of the Call of Duty Endowment Fund, or the work that we were doing to stop bullying, gaming, you know, like there were lots yeah. of those initiatives. Yeah. And on NotCo, the whole company is anchored on uh, on sustainability and, and improving the the quality of the literally like revolutionizing uh, uh, the food industry. Yeah. So uh, now I can choose. Yeah. You know, like uh, yeah. I have like more. Uh, I have a stronger opportunity to choose what what I want to work on. Yes. And in the case of Notco, is by design. I'm very aligned uh, in terms of like the values and what we are trying to accomplish. But no matter, life is too short for you to not be trying to do something that will have a positive impact for people, yeah. you know. And yes, it needs to be profitable. It needs to be strengthening the brand. But doing that in a way that will do good for people in society mm-hmm. can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh, um, it, it, it's, it's a, it helps you attract new talent. It helps Absolutely. with retention of talent. I don't think that the new generation wants to be working for a brand that's not responsible, not trying to do good, you know? Um, and that's why you need data and yeah. could achieve it. And that's why you need a vision and um, a scientific proof uh, that if things are working or not. It's never in isolation. Yeah. The two need to come together. Well, listen, I know that we can't wait to see what's next for you and from you. Um Thank you for just sharing your thoughtfulness around this and your intentionality, right? I mean, obviously, it's what you're doing as a marketing leader is as intentional as what you're doing uh, for your companies that you're working for. So it's it's fascinating to to hear you talk about that and your mindset there. Um, for thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for joining us, and I look forward to talking to you again very soon. My pleasure. I really enjoyed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Marketing Vanguard, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Jordan Pretano, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGibney at Batwell Studios. 
You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening.